It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. We're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay. Today, I want to give a special shout-out to our two newest affiliates uh, in Brunswick, Georgia, WGIG, and... uh, my buddies over in uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. I can't, I can't even speak this morning. Uh, that's uh, WSMN 1590. Uh, glad to be part of your guys' sports programming. Hey, today's show, She's a Being Abroad, to you and part of by South Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.southsneighborhoodpizza.com or Give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. And uh, speaking of St. Simon's, don't forget, our next uh, Billy C. get-together will be uh, the week of the uh, Mexican holiday in September. I believe it's the uh, second week, maybe? Second or third week? I'll get the exact dates. I know, I was supposed to get them yesterday, but uh, I'll get the exact dates. Uh, we have put together a great package for you. Uh, includes everything but uh, but a hotel. You know why? Because there's a lot of options uh, for hotels, and we didn't want to uh, kind of tie you uh, to one. So uh, uh, how about this? How about a golf tournament, a fishing tournament, a meet and greet? And who you meeting? How about some former world champions and some celebrities, et cetera, et cetera, some dinners at Sal's, uh, a breakfast, all of that. is And a fight night. I forgot that. The main fight night. Uh, so, uh, hey, you're not going to want to miss it. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Bring the family. Bring your buddies. I don't care, but make sure you go. It is a ticket event, which means you've got to uh, have registered uh, to be part of this. Uh, you want to get on the list? Right now, there's plenty of room. I know it seems a long way away, but make the plans now. Drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. Dot com And uh, the first people that sign up will get a huge discount. Today's show is also being brought to you in part by my book, Tom Molino From Bondage, The Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to the show. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. It's a good one, trust me. It's a, it's a read that you can't put down. Once you pick up this book, you can't put it down. It's a uh, fact-filled book, seven years uh, worth of uh, research to find out everything available uh, on Tom Molino. Get yourself a copy from Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com right now while you're watching or listening to the show. Or if you're looking to get a signed copy, 
uh, just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. If you want more than one copy, I love more than one copy sales. Just drop me an email directly, billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Coming up a little bit later, we got uh, Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner Larry Hazard. And uh, we're going to talk about instant replay in boxing. And you know why? Because New Jersey, thanks to Larry Hazard, already has instant replay in place. We'll ask him to explain the system, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we hear uh, commentators talking about uh, how great it should be. Uh, we should have it. We should do this. And never once have I heard them say that it already exists in New Jersey. So we'll be talking about uh, that with Larry and uh, some other stuff. Like uh, one of my topics today... Uh, it's got me all riled up. I know. Yesterday, I got all jacked up over the uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder talk. Uh, no, not because I don't want them to fight, but because uh, there's uh, a strong possibility that Eddie Hearn will be bringing uh, Anthony Joshua here to the state, specifically Brooklyn, and uh, have him fight the winner of Baby Joe Miller. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, not, my man Baby. I'm thinking of Baby Joe Macy. I'm looking at one of his uh, pictures here, my man. Uh, but uh, the uh, Baby, Jarrell Baby Miller, and uh, who, who, who's, let's face it, no disrespect to him personally, but he's a bum. I mean, uh, he hasn't fought anybody uh, against AJ. Uh, when and, and he's suggesting, Eddie Hearn, he's suggesting that uh, Deontay Wilder fight Dillian White, should Dillian White get past Lucas Brown this weekend? Uh, and I say nay. I say nay, nay. I say nay, nay, nay. And the reason is because no one cares about uh, Anthony Joshua beating a snot out of, out of Baby Miller, the bum. Nobody cares about uh, Deontay Wilder beating a snot uh, out of uh, whoever wins uh, 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 between Dillian White and Lucas Brown. Nobody cares about that. All we care about is Deontay Wilder fighting AJ. And if that fight can't be made, there's no other fight right now for either one of those guys. So I got all jacked up uh, yesterday. But guess what? I'm jacked up today. And the reason is because uh, of an open media uh, workout that they had for Triple G yesterday. And, you know, he's very vocal with some of the things he's saying uh, about Canelo. Canelo's a cheater. Canelo's been busted. And, And I'm appalled that the Nevada State Athletic Commission and that gutless, spineless piece of garbage known as Bob Bennett uh, has not done anything about it. And what I'm even more upset about is the fact that people are accepting the fact that Canelo cheated. And the reason is because of all the money that can be made. We've talked about this for a while. Uh, It's a joke. I I can't believe it that the safety of a fighter, you know, comes second to the money. And, and and I wouldn't even complain if people weren't up on their high horse saying how we got to clean up boxing and it's all about the safety. These same guys, that same gutless piece of garbage, well, let me rephrase that, that gutless, spineless piece of garbage in Bob Bennett, same guy that says that we look out for the safety of our fighters here in the state of Nevada is not doing the right thing. It makes me sick. And it's all about the money, special treatment for the money. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I got some comments from Triple G. But first, still with Sleepy's in his eyes, my main man, Sal 
Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. What's up, man? Good morning, Billy C. Sleepy's in my eye. Yeah. What are you talking about? I've been wide awake. Uh, yeah. Hey, Sal. Yesterday they had uh, uh, they had some uh, man. I think I just blew out uh, my mic. My but, speaker. Uh, my, I, uh, I just blew. Hey, I can hear you really well. Now. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. Uh, in my <laughs> break, blew out the cushion. I think I, I, I think you blew, I think you blew out some. But uh, 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 Triple G was uh, interviewed yesterday. And of course, the uh, uh, the facts that you know Canelo tested positive. And by the way, he tested positive on two occasions, and they were very, very close positive. to each other. Tests on February seventeenth and February twentieth. Um, and Triple G, you know, when he was asked about this, uh, came out and said, and I quote: "This is Triple G, Triple G again with the Mexican meat. Come on, I told you, it's not the Mexican meat. This is Canelo. This is his team. This is his promotion. Canelo's cheating." They're using these drugs, and everybody's just trying to pretend that it's not happening. This guy, he knows this is not the first day in boxing. Uh, this is not his first day in boxing. He proves he gets benefits from everyone, he can, and he can get away with it. Check him on a lie detector, and then we'll find out everything. I think it's silly to blame the meat because an athlete at this level shouldn't be caught on the meat. I eat Mexican food all the time, and I've never tested positive. Uh, and uh, uh, because of the... Uh, uh, just an, a little note here, uh, because of these positive tests, according to the gutless, spineless piece of garbage, Bob Bennett and his Nevada State Athletic Commission, they are declining to make any kind of comment or announcement uh, on any, if any, disciplinary action uh, because they're, they claim they're in the process of investigating the situation. Um, for now, this fight is going on. Uh, Triple G says, if nobody from the commission cancels it, I'm going to just do my job. But this is a hot topic about doping. Uh, what did he inject in his belly? What are the marks on his belly? Look at these photos. These questions uh, should be asked of the commission. Uh, he also said that uh, he thought the recent uh, positive test was not indicative of uh, that this is actually the first time that he's used performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, while he was at it with Triple G, he also said that uh, uh, he thought that uh, Oscar De La Hoya uh, and uh, even, um, you know, the guy who won uh, six world titles in six different weight classes is a dirty fighter as well. He says it's pretty obvious when uh, Alvarez's muscles were all enlarged with traces of injections, which, which were clearly visible uh, before the first fight. I knew he wasn't clean. I can talk about Oscar De La Hoya, too. He's not clean. He's a dirty fighter. Uh, they had also been sent the same videos that we saw of Alvarez apparently taking some kind of a pill following the weigh-in of the fight from last year uh, and also with some injection marks uh, on his uh, abdomen. Sal, what do you think of these comments from Triple G? It sounds like he's pretty pissed off, but my question is, why is he fighting? He doesn't need Canelo. This would be a great move for Triple G to, to spearhead, to really force, especially big uh, commissions like the Nevada State Athletic Commission, into doing what's right. Uh, what's your thoughts on his comments and the fact that he should make a stand for the sport? The sport's bigger than both he and Canelo. True. But here's the thing. Right now, he's making these comments because he wants it to be known that he's aware of it and you're not going to pee on my leg and tell me it's rain. And uh, so he, he's making a full stance that he's aware of it. He knows he's been doping, uh, and there's evidence of that. And the bottom line is he, he's relentless. He doesn't care. He, he just wants everyone to know that this guy's a cheater. 
and he's still willing to get in the ring because he felt uh, that that last fight, even though a lot of us feel that the Triple G beat Canelo Alvarez, he wants to prove it with or without doping, and uh, he just wants to call call it as it is. And uh, he's got pride, he's got ego, and he's going to go through with this fight because he's got to destroy this guy with or without using uh, enhancement uh, performance enhancing drugs. That's that's just it. He's got the vision quest, and he wants to do it, and he wants to make it known that this guy uses drugs, and he wants to make it known that this guy has not been uh, just solely uh, successful along the pathway by using what God gave him, his natural talent. Great point. You know, I mean, uh, for him to, uh, uh, you know, think that way, saying, I don't care if he's a cheater or not, I still want to kick his butt. No, no uh, and that's exactly it. You you get to the point where you just put the blinders on. You know, it doesn't matter. You get incensed by, by the frustration and anger that this guy has the gullions to do what he did. And the bottom line is, you you you're so incensed by it, but it doesn't matter because you believe in the talent and the ability and everything that God gave you, and you're gonna put it all together and you're gonna you're gonna beat him no matter what. And if he needs and he feels if he needs that to to get him into the ring and to have him become successful, uh, it doesn't matter because he's gonna he's gonna shut him up right then and there. He's empowered by his own confidence and his own uh, vision of him destroying Canelo Alvarez. You know, uh, Team Canelo uh, had a minimal response, and sure. um, they said uh, uh, Triple G doesn't sound like a confident fighter. Uh, it sounds like he's trying to find a way out of this fight. If that's what he wants, he should just say so. Uh, just last week, he was saying the opposite. The remarks about the needle marks, about Oscar, the defamatory uh, comments, etc. we're going to deal with them appropriately. Um, they also wanted to point out that uh, Canelo has been tested three times since the original two that he failed, uh, which was February 17th and 20th. He was tested on March 3rd, 5th, and 9th. Um, you know, I, I, you know he, here's what I, I see. I, and, and this is the part that bothers me the most. Um, I just don't like people getting special treatment. And especially, it, it's like this, Sal. You know, if two people go in and, and rob a bank or, or knock over a convenience store or something else, and, you know, uh, let's just make the statement right now that they're both the same color or they're both the same, they both have the same religious belief or anything. So I don't want anybody to throw that in my face. So let's say two people, the same of everything, except one big difference. One of them has money and one of them doesn't. And they both get caught. And they both go uh, before, uh, you know, the trial process. And the guy with the money pays and gets a lawyer. And the guy without the money has to accept the public defender. And at the end of the trial, I'd bet you dollars to donuts or donuts to dollars, whatever the statement is. <laughs> I'll bet you whatever I got that the guy with the money gets off and the guy without the money doesn't. And they're both guilty. So my point is, is, isn't this the same what's going on here? I mean, here you have Nevada State Athletic Commission trying to cover this up. Listen, they let Floyd Mayweather have IVs in his arm, and they wouldn't let Manny Pacquiao uh, shoot, get a cortisone shot in his shoulder uh, before their big fight. You know, it is what it is. But is it fair? And I don't think it is. I think in life, forget about boxing, I think in life it should be an even playing field. I just don't understand why it's not. 
and why people accept it. And that's what's happening here, Sal. Well, it's a shame because, you know, it's, it is revealing and becoming uh, uh, more and more known as far as the, the facts and everything else about this. And, and it's almost like, well, why are they making special concessions for uh, this person, but yet they'll come down like a hammer on somebody else? Well, maybe because what you just said is true. Maybe they're making the concessions here and trying to uh, uh, discolor the facts here because they're wanting a big multi-million dollar payday fight uh, to take place. And, and that's all that could be said. I don't know. You know, I, I tell you what I would do. Right now, I, I would, I would want to see an investigation on Bob Bennett. And the reason why I say that is there's too many things, too many coincidences has been happening since he's been where he is. The truth of the matter is, is everyone should be treated equal whether that's on a good note or on a bad note. What I mean by a bad note is in a negative situation like we're talking about now. They should be treated equal if they win and equal if they lose. That means if somebody's cheating, then they should be reprimanded, regardless of who the person is, regardless of their name, regardless of the money, regardless of the revenue streams that they bring in. And that's what appears to be happening in Nevada. And it seems to happen in Nevada a lot that we got you know, a special treatment being made to special fighters. And then the poor guys that are working, trying to work their way up are getting kicked to the curb. That's my biggest problem here. Triple G has the potential right now to walk away from this fight and give the reason that, two reasons. Number one, he could say he refuses to fight a cheater in Canelo, and then Canelo will have to face that music uh, with the public and the fans and the sport. And number two, he should also be making a stand against Bob Bennett, that gutless, spineless piece of garbage that's controlling the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission, and make a stand. He, and and it, would, it would be worth something. It's not like Triple G can't go get another fight and make some big money. I mean, I, you know, I, I just, it, it can't be all about the money. And in a sense, Triple G is being hypocritical here, Sal. He shouldn't even complain about Canelo testing positive if he's not going to do anything about it. I get what you said, and I agree with what you said, that he's trying to say, hey, I don't care if he's a cheater or not. I don't care if he brings a gun in the ring. I'm going to fight him and I'm going to kick his butt. I get it. But there comes a time when the sport is bigger than the individuals, and this is that time in my opinion, Sal. I see exactly what you mean, and and uh, he could do that. But let's play the cards out. If he does that, and if he says, hey, you know what? I'm not going to fight a cheater. I'm not going to do this. There's going to be some repercussions. I mean, you're going to hear from uh, uh, Canelo fans uh, and boxing fans that, oh, Triple G didn't want to fight him. Uh, even though he's a cheater, uh, he's clean now. And, you know, it, it, and here's the thing, Bill. This will be the story until the next big one comes across the table. And uh, it'll be soon vanished, and everybody will be, it'll be forgotten. And as you said, boxing is bigger than this. And it, too, will just become part of the uh, diluted uh, rhetoric that we, that we sometimes have to go through. But the bottom line is, I, like I said, I think he's just so pumped up. He doesn't care if the guy brings a, a knife or a gun to the fight. He's going to still want to beat him and still want to fight him. But but is he going to make the excuse after the fight? You know, here's well, the... here you said you said that you said something I didn't want to even touch on. But he's always going to say if he should lose this fight, 
well, he was cheating. He, uh, uh, I lost to a cheater. Exactly. Or this and that. Exactly. There's a built-in excuse. Listen, I, I, that's my. That's it's another hang. It's a built-in safety net excuse. And and, and you know what? I, th- this is my point. My point is is that you know I, there's so many flaws with the sport of boxing. There's so oh. much opportunity to get in there and and you know uh, do something on the on the down low. You know, I, I mean, it, it, it's been like that since day one, and the nature of the sport because. There's, you know, when push comes to shove, even though there's a million guys in these guys in the fighters' pockets, uh, when push comes to shove, it's not that hard to get to somebody that's involved in the sport. You got three judges you can get to. You got one referee you can get to. You got the fighters you can get to. You got the trainers you can get to. I mean, it's it's very limited. It's 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 a small group of people that you could get to. To, to maybe make something happen in your favor, okay? Other sports are not quite the same. Uh, but with that said, I mean, what's happening here is that, and, and I say this a lot, you know, nowadays in this world, people are not held accountable for what they do. The accountability factor is not there. You know, exact, here's an exact example. Canelo Alvarez t- tested positive um, uh, twice, and what does he say? It wasn't me. It was the meat I ate. It's that contaminated Mexican meat I ate. I shouldn't have had that taco. I was. I knew I should have got the chicken taco. You know, I, no. You know, I mean, give me a break. You know, he's making an excuse. The guy is making an excuse. And Triple G, as much as I agree with him, calling Canelo a cheater and everything else, he's being hypocritical by going on with the fight. I agree with you, what you said and everything, but come on. You know, he's being hypocritical. You know, he's making it like this fight is 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 bigger than the sport, which it's not. No fight, no fighter is bigger than the sport. It's time to make a stand. And all Triple G has to do is say, I'm not fighting. I am going to walk away from these millions. I am not going to fight a cheater. And I'm not going to fight in a state that has a commission that's corrupt. And I said it. The C word. Not that one. The corrupt. All right. Uh, Bob Bennett is a corrupt, spineless piece of garbage. He's not doing the right thing. He hasn't done it in the past, and he's not doing it now. And the truth of the matter is, is the last thing I want to hear if Triple G loses uh, on fight night is, well, Canelo's a cheater. No. You know, there's so many things that are set up to hear us get disappointed, Sal. Well, you know, that that is a bad scenario that you just described, and and uh, I I don't think Canelo and Triple G uh, I, I I don't believe this fight will go that way. But I do not see in uh, Triple G's makeup uh, and his character that he will actually say something to that effect. I think why he's saying it now is he's bringing that supposition or so to the light. So everybody else could draw their own conclusion if he should lose this fight, uh, and 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 sure his camp may release something without it coming directly from him, and that's how a lot of this stuff happens and gets out in the media anyway. So, I I think he's covering himself, but I do believe in my heart of hearts that he wants to get in the ring with Canelo Alvarez because he does also feel that he won that last fight, and he wants to prove that he doesn't need any, uh, anything to. Uh, intimidate him and not going through with this fight. He wants to prove once and for all 
that he's the best and he's going to destroy Canelo Alvarez. That's that's what I feel in his heart. But, you know, like I said, you, you made a good point. And the last thing we want to hear is, but, you know, after the fight, but he was on this, or but this happened. And, you know, that's the last thing. I don't think it's in his makeup or character. He's not that kind of guy. He wears makeup? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but listen. Guy, listen, Billy <laughs> listen I, I mean, it, 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 you know, we, we want to have, we, we, we try to have a sport that's credible. And, you know, when you have a commission that's not doing the right thing, that's just praying every morning, that gutless, spineless piece of garbage, Bob Bennett, is on his knees every morning praying to the God above that please have all the fans forget about this situation so I'm not, you know, uh, dragged through the mire anymore. But but we don't get, we're not going to let it go. And, and the truth of the matter is, is Triple G is in a very strong position. He's in a position right now to make a very strong statement. And that statement would be, I'm not fighting a cheetah and I'm not fighting in a state that promotes cheetahs. And something would have to be done. There's no way to spin this. I, I'm, I'm sure that if Triple G decided, which I think he should, not to fight Canelo, that people wouldn't criticize him. How could they criticize this guy? If, if Canelo's, and, and if people start saying, well, Canelo's tested uh, clean since then, you know, since he moved from the tainted meat area to the, uh, give me a break. Give me a break. It's a built-in excuse, you know, I, and, it, and it really bothers me. Because there's so many knocks on the sport of boxing that this just this just adds to it. I just think Triple G is in a position right now to make a bigger than boxing move, and by not doing it, it's he's hypocritical. It's it's almost like he shouldn't say anything about it, you know, because he's accepting it just like the powers that be are, just like Canelo's fans are. You know, uh, I don't think Triple G needs this fight. And as a matter of fact, as luck would have it, Sal, and I'm going to mention this and then we're going to take a break and, and we'll talk about it. Billy Joe Saunders was scheduled to fight April 14th against Martin Murray. And guess what? He Somebody hurt his got hand. injured to fight postponed. He hurt his hand. The fight's postponed. Now, they already oh, set up. Uh, uh, they set Who up hurt a, his hand? Murray or... or uh... Billy Joe Saunders hurt his hand. Now they've already uh, reset the uh, uh, the date. It's now going to be taking place June twenty third. Uh, but that certainly leaves some room to schedule a fight between Triple G and Billy Joe Saunders. Don't mean to kick Martin Murray out of the picture, but uh, I would much rather see Triple G get all the titles or try for all the titles against Billy Joe Saunders. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget about the super chat over in uh, YouTube. Uh, we, uh, we're trying to deal with all the chat rooms. We're trying to grow our YouTube box. We're trying to grow our show in the YouTube boxing community. 
So uh, if you watch the show, if you like the show, uh, pass it along. Uh, I guess it's all about the subscribers on YouTube, huh? And we want to increase ours. But uh, in any event, Sal, uh, before we went to break, uh, I, I, you know, Billy Joe Saunders uh, injured his hand. They've wow. already made a, uh, uh, a, a replacement date or, or a, a re rescheduled date uh, for, uh, for June. The whole card that had been scheduled uh, for April 14th was uh, postponed. Uh, now uh, uh, some of the other fights uh, are going to be put on other cards, but they are uh, going to be uh, uh, fighting still. They, they rescheduled it to June 23rd. Uh, Murray said he's gutted. Uh, but he's happy there's a new date set, and he's looking forward to it. Um, I still believe Triple G should go after Billy Joe Saunders and walk away from Canelo. What's your thoughts? Well, don't think that uh, that might not be uh, going through some people's minds. And this postponement, although it could be from an injured hand, might be uh, giving some time to weigh out the uh, trade-offs here see what's going to happen. You may very well see that, Bill, if he decides to go that route. We'll see. This game is uh, the bouncing ball keeps going, you know? Yeah, a bouncing boxing glove. <laughs> <laughs> there you, you know? go. There you go. You know, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 uh, I just think that Canelo is, uh, um, you know, he was exposed by, uh, by himself. And, you know, he's not holding himself accountable. And neither are the powers that be. And that's what bothers me the most. And, you know, I've always said that the, the strongest commissions – in the sport of boxing, New York, Nevada, New Jersey, New California. Jersey. You know, those are those are the tops. And here we have one of those top four, and they're not doing the right thing. New York, uh, and here's the thing. New York has been criticized over the years. Thomas Hauser was, was on their butts for, for a decade. Uh, and and here's, here's my opinion. New York State Athletic Commission isn't the best. But and, and as a matter of fact, they overdo it. Now they, you know, you're getting a you're getting a physical exam in between rounds. There's 19 doctors on ringside. You know, they're they're really covering their butts. But you know, at least they're trying to improve. You know, I, you got to give them an A for effort. You know, um, Nevada seems to be getting worse and worse. Th this Bob Bennett has to go. I mean, I, I hate to. I don't know the guy personally. You know, just because he was a wimp, uh, didn't wasn't man enough to respond to my letter uh, about the other issues. But you know, for this particular issue, come on, man. This is to me, this is a cut and dry issue, and uh, it, it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, they're not uh, uh, they're not doing the right thing, Sal. Well, I, I I agree, and you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, boxing has never been uh, squeaky clean on a lot of levels. And, uh, but to further dilute it and uh, it, it, uh, put a stain here and there, it's, uh, it, it hurts. Uh, but uh, let's play that scenario out, Bill. Let's see. What if this fight does not take place because Triple G says, hey, I'm not going to fight a cheater? What happens? What happens to the career? Do we see Triple G go forward and fight? Uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Most likely we will. What happens to Canelo? Does Canelo say, uh, well, he's a chicken, uh, uh, and then shut his mouth because he can't retort that much with what was found on his end, and then uh, Canelo has to get back a belt, so he's going to go, who, who do you think Canelo's going to fight after that? If this if this happens, it doesn't matter. Listen, listen. Remember, I know. Canelo, I know what he's saying. He's uh, he, here's stance. He, that's the whole thing. Well, here's the thing. 
how can Canelo and who, aside from from Golden Boy Brass, who can refer to, to Triple G as a, as a chicken? I mean, Triple G was chasing Canelo around for three years, you uh-huh. know, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, Canelo's the guy that, that, that is caught cheating. No, I, I think Triple G is in the driver. See, it, from a business perspective, if it were me, I would spin this around and I would become, if, if Triple G was my fighter, I would make him be two things. Number one, clearly the victim, which he is. And number two, switch seats. Put Triple G in the driver's seat. Because how can Canelo argue that? Canelo is on his back foot right now. If we look at this as a, as a, as a, a round in, in, inside the ring, Triple right. G is attacking him. Canelo's on his back foot. Why? Why let off the pressure? It's the same thing he did in the first fight. It's the same thing he did. Triple G did the same thing in the first fight. Why is he doing it now in the pre-fight? You know, Triple G has a a, a situation right now. He's got Canelo against the ropes. Why are you letting off? Go after him. Go for the knockout. That's what I say. I think you can resurrect the old Eagles song and and do it in a cartoon fashion. Take another shot of courage. <laughs> Uh, listen, you know, uh, it is what it is. It is what I, it is. And and I give, like you suggest, I give Triple G all the credit in the world uh, for uh, uh, for going ahead with it. But Canelo's a cheater, and we need to, if, if, if people truly want to stop cheating in boxing, they truly want to stop, because that's a whole other, we can make an argument about that. Hey, listen, forget it. All the cheaters are still going to cheat. Let them cheat. Let them shoot up with whatever the hell they want and, and go in there. You know, baseball players want to hit home runs. Ah, let them cheat. I want to see home runs hit every time they swing the bat. You know, I, I mean, that's really what people want. You know, but they hide behind it. They use the he's a cheater when it's convenient for them. Now, if, you, if you're going to put the, listen, you want to set a speed limit on the highway and you want people to, to, to abide by it, well, there's an easy way to keep to slow people down. You set up a couple of cops there, and you give them a ticket. And then all of a sudden they realize, well, I don't want to get a ticket, so i got to slow down. If, if there's no repercussion, if there's no penalty enforced, nobody's going to stop. And by, by saying, oh, he tested positive, and then keeping quiet, not doing any kind of reprimand, it's never going to stop, Sal. No, you got a good point, and that's a good analogy, Bill. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm... Uh, I'm trying to see what uh, what can be the fallout and what's going to happen. I think, you know, as we see it here, it's uh, the cat's out of the bag. And, uh, you know, the, the, the mentality of each fighter is going to be evident if they get in the ring the night of the fight time. And, um, you know, you got, you got Triple G who, who doesn't care if he, if he takes a, uh, a gun to a knife fight because this is gonna he he just feels in himself that he's gonna beat him and destroy him. And you got Canelo now. What demons is Canelo gonna have if uh, if he has to stop taking this stuff, the juice, so to speak? If uh, he was caught and, um, and there's no other way to mask around it because he can't take that chance right now, uh, he's gonna go into the ring with a little deflated ego because believe it or not. Maybe that uh, it was, I don't want to say dependency, but lack of a better term. But, you know, it's its like you get a, uh, an additional uh, uh, how they can classify it as just a benefit or, or competitive edge is how you can nullify it and make it as, as, uh, as benign as possible, calling it a competitive edge. 
So he's not going to have that competitive edge. What is that going to do to his psyche? Knowing the last time he fought uh, Triple G, maybe he had some substance that made an enhancement or competitive edge. Now he's probably not. So, you know, I think Triple G is weighing that into the consideration here of going through with the fight and saying, well, I'm going to play with this guy's head and everything else and his body and his soul. I'm going to take it. I'm going to beat him. That's that's all. Who? That you think that Triple G is playing with Canelo's head or you think Canelo is playing with Triple G's head? No, I think that I think that that Triple G could play with Canelo's head in that fact that you know if he can't use the juice, so to speak, for training and getting back into the ring, and uh, there's going to be all kinds of tests being made up to fight time and then after. Well, uh, I think that you know Triple G knows that that's going to be well if he went through with this and it wasn't detected in the first fight, and he felt that that was an enhancement to help him win or do. I mean, to help him sustain a level of, 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 of uh, ability to fight as he did well he's not going to have that crutch to lean on this fight because it's going to be disclosed and disposed and they're going to be testing before during and after the fight and um and not having that that uh, enhancement is going to be playing with uh, canelo's psyche possibly that's all i'm suggesting Okay, well, I, that makes sense. You know, if he if he really felt that he needed uh, something well, to help him win, is, yeah, a fight that does something like that that breaks the rules like that. See, that's why it's so it's so evident right here what's going on. It's bigger in in this picture. Let's say Canelo Alvarez just started the last fight. Let's say Canelo Alvarez has done it just for his big big fights, the last couple fights, or this fight with Triple G that took place last year, and. Now, Canelo feels like, wow, well, I took the juice and, and I did really well with it and uh, I got a draw with Triple G uh, and I'll do the same thing and uh, this time I'll beat him. Well, well, he got caught uh, with his hand in the candy bag, literally, and now he's not going to be able to use that so-called wonder pill or juice that, uh, that he felt dependent or that he considered or counted on his last time out so there's a little flaw in, in his self-confidence. That's all I'm suggesting may be a scenario that Triple G is also counting on that, hey, I don't care. It's out of the bag. I'm going to fight him no matter what. And uh, if he needs a juice uh, and he's not going to be in the ring with the juice this time, I'm going to totally destroy him. That's just what I'm saying could come into play here. I don't know. You know, here, here's the thing. Uh, we And this is the truth, you know, I, and I like both fighters, honestly. Canelo didn't get caught cheating in the first fight. So we have to assume no. that he didn't cheat. But what's going right. to happen is everyone's going to assume he's been cheating. And, you know, the, the, the fact remains that he got caught this time. But I think the worst part of it is the policing body, which is the, the commission, is not doing anything about it. They're not giving us any answers. And it's making it worse. But uh, anyway... I just feel that Triple G should walk away from this fight and make a statement, not for himself, but for the sport. Sal, I know you got to go and uh, make another cup of coffee or two or nine. Oh, uh, we are going to get Larry Hazard on the line. We'll come back to you after our blast from the past. So uh, don't go anywhere, all right? I look forward to listening. Thanks, All right, Kyle. my man. We'll be back into with uh, Larry Hazard. Don't go anywhere. Billy C. will be right back. Hey, fight fans, check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.kofantasyboxing.com. 
Select your own gym, your own fighters. Track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man. www.kofantasyboxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.kofantasyboxing.com. And tell them Billy C sent you. The one, the only, Don King. Makes me feel good, Billy, to have you, the number one show in the country, talking boxing with Billy. So I invite each and every American that's listening to this great show to tune in. So we want you to be there with Billy and me. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C., the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And speaking about being with us, joining me right now, Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner, the one, the only, Larry Hazard. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Billy. How you making out today, my go. man? Hey, well, here we go again, Billy. The last time, last week. I know. Maybe we should stop calling each other. Maybe, maybe it's our fault. We better not say, you know how everybody like, I don't want to make an excuse, but uh, every time you call, Billy C., uh, we're getting hammered with snow here. But uh, uh, let, I got a bunch uh, of stuff to talk to you about today. Uh, first and foremost, um, the fight that took place uh, this past weekend uh, Ramirez against Amir Aman. Uh, I, I, you know, I enjoyed the fight. The fight was a great fight. I, I think I enjoyed the the interview with uh, Don King and, and Bob Arum a little better. Although I'm not crazy about that new guy. I, I think he's trying to copy uh, Larry Merchant's uh, style. But uh, uh, about the fight itself, I thought the right guy clearly won. Um, but I was really questioning. I. I, I I know you can't say or not say certain things, but Stacey McKinley, in my opinion, is a curse. I mean, anybody that has him in his corner for big fights, they never win. And I was amazed at the advice that this guy was giving Amir Amon. And, and he's telling Amon, what are you doing? Showing him that power right hand. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. And he's saying this in the sixth round. And by the end of the seventh, I'm saying to myself, when's he going to unleash it? What's he waiting for the next fight? I mean, so often do these trainers say the stupidest things in the corner. You know, it's like, hey, I know you can knock this guy out, but we need the round, so don't knock him out. What, what are you talking about? Anything can happen in this sport. What's your thoughts of the instruction that Amir Aman got in the corner uh, during uh, Jose Ramirez's fight? Well, it was a comedy show. That's why I call it a comedy show sometimes when I listen to these trainers. But all it does is it just confirms, you know, in my mind, uh, the great need for real teachers in the sport of boxing again. And of course, what it does, it just confirms the fact that um, oftentimes we talk about 
the, the great trainers from the past and we compare them with the trainers that are there today. And that's, it's one thing that's greatly missing in, in the corners. You know, you don't, you don't see the guys, you don't see the Eddie Futches there, the, um, you know, the Emmanuel Stewards and, um, you know, the great trainers that we, we're used to. It was comical. It was comical listening to some of that. But I, someone told me, someone who knows uh, Stacy, and I happen to know Stacy also, they called me up. They say, you know, Larry, every time I see uh, Stacy in a, in a fighter's corner, I tell everybody to vote on, uh, you know, uh, bet on the other guy, you know. <laughs> Trust me, trust me, man. I I don't even want to say, but very close people to him have told me the same thing. Don't ever, don't (laughs) ever go with him. You know, and and the thing is, is, you know, and, and I was talking about it the other day, two new fighters that are coming over from another country who have been ripped off in this, and they're, they're, the first fights this weekend. And who's in the corner? Yeah. Stacey McKinley. I was like, oh, God, what a, what a mistake, you know. But uh, anyway, it's a shame because uh, Amon, he's got that pop, you know, and uh, uh, he's got that body that, that uh, you know, if he would, hey, listen, there's no reason to wait. If you can take out a guy in one round, take him out, man. Why risk something happening? A headbutt, slipping, knocking yourself out. I mean, all the things could happen. It's just such poor advice. But uh, um, I thought I thought that kid coming up, I said, wow, man, DK got him another real good fighter in, in that imam when he was starting out. And I'm always, you know, when I look at trainers, you know, I, I'm always reminded of, of those words that um, the great Angelo Dundee, when he told Sugar Ray Leonard, you're blowing it, son, you're blowing it. And, I mean, it just seemed to me that that just got him going, man. You remember, you know, when when um, when uh, my my great favorite, you know, seemed like he was getting lackluster in the, in the fight, and Angelo said those words to him, man. He just couldn't wait for that bell to ring. And... You know, I'm always thinking about that when I look at some of these trainers in the corner. But, Stacy, I don't know. I really don't know what to say, but that's that's the word on, on Stacy. You know, if if you see him in the corner, they, I was told, bet on the other guy. So, <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> it, it goes back to what I was saying, you know, and I want to get off the topic because i got a bunch of stuff to talk to you about. But, you know – Teachers in the sport of boxing as a trainer are becoming extinct. And, and I've said this, and we've talked about this on the show, and, and the sad reality is I've never trained a fighter in my life, but you know damn well that if I showed up uh, to a fight and I you know paid the license fee as a chief second, guess what? I'm, I'm a trainer for that, that fight. And that's the sad part. What, what we really need is to tighten the reins. What, what this sport needs, Larry, is to tighten the reins on the people involved in the sport. And if we could try to get more people that know the sport of boxing involved in the sport of boxing, it would just, the trickle-down effect would just make it that much better. The, the, the reason why Angelo Dundee was so successful with that comment to Sugar Ray Leonard is because he wasn't a rah-rah man. This was a guy that was a teacher and told 
uh, uh, his fighters in between rounds something instructional uh, that his fighter would go and perform. But when he did need to kick him in the butt, when he did need to put on the cheerleader costume, the fighter listened. The trainers today are always in the yeah, don't do this, this MFR and blah, 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 blah. You're better than that, blah, blah. That's all they ever hear from these guys. So when, when they're in trouble, it doesn't, it, it's not exclamated. In other words, they don't think of anything different. It's the same rhetoric they hear when they're winning, you know. So um, it's it's true. Uh, we need trainers that are teachers, not rah-rah men. And, and you know the system that's in place now just it, it's just not working you know uh, we're not we're not we're not we're not producing teachers we're producing rah-rah men and that tv camera has a lot that tv camera has a lot to do with the rah-rah men also they know they go home like i always say everybody goes home and then they uh see the replay of the fight either li- real late that night or the next day, and they listen to the commentators who are now uh, making this a big TV production about the referee, how much the fans love him or her, and the trainers in the corner, you know, when the, when that camera comes over there, okay, the rah-rah starts because, you know, there have been some trainers who have made a lot of money, you know, off of that spotlight, and so... This is where it goes, man. I mean, you know, we have to call it like it is, and and that certainly has played a great part in what we've seen, uh, aside from the fact that some of these trainers don't know a left hook from official. Well, you know, the the commentators, you you make a great point, because the commentators, most of them today, especially on the big networks, are corporate guys. So they're saying what they're told to say in the headset. You know, they're 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 saying what the house fighter is supposed to do. They're always, you know, a lot of times you're wondering what fight they're watching. And the same is true about specific judges and more specifically the referees. That guy, what's his name, Steve Willis or whatever, you know, for him to get the accolades that everybody loves him because he makes googly-eyed faces and does his little dance, and all, I think that that... That's a travesty. That's embarrassing to the sport of boxing. The best referees, in my opinion, are the ones you forget who refereed the fight because they weren't in the picture. You know, they were doing their job. You know, those are the best referees. But uh, in any event, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today that that has been come up uh, quite a bit and, and following that line with the commentators is very often we hear commentators saying, uh, we need instant replay in boxing, replay, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I always say, why isn't any of these guys mentioning that Larry Hazard has already incorporated instant replay in the state of New Jersey? So uh, we talked a little about it uh, last week. I said we were going to talk uh, this week. So I-, I want you to explain to everybody that's watching and listening, how does, since since no one else is, is helping you, Larry, get the instant replay to be the norm and not the exception, how does the instant replay system work in the state of New Jersey as of right now? Well, it's, it's difficult because we have really rarely used it or had to use it. And so it really, you know, hasn't gotten the attention and it hasn't made people aware of the fact that we do have it in New Jersey and we've had it for quite a number of years now. But the problem is, Billy, is that um, the reason that you don't see it and we're not using it as much as 
we like is because it's an option that's given to the promoters and mainly for the major uh, events in professional boxing and MMA. The one time, believe it or not, uh, no, it was maybe maybe twice that we have used it was in MMA in, in MMA events and it was used very successfully and we um, were able to implement it very quickly to correct uh, a referee error to correct the situation that had occurred in an MMA event. We've never had to really use it in a boxing event on site uh, for something that occurred. And it works simply um, like this. In major boxing events where you have networks, HBO or Showtime or some of the uh, major networks where uh, we have a TV monitor that's placed on the, on the, uh, in front of the commission station where the commissioner and, and the uh, commission officers are sitting. And we are actually watching the fight from two perspectives, um, looking straight at the action in the ring and glancing back and forth at the monitor when you feel that it might be appropriate in heated exchanges and in a lot of infighting. You would closely watch that monitor uh, because sometimes you can see things occur there that you don't see in real time, believe it or not. And so uh, if something occurs, anything that would have a direct impact on the result of the bout is in play. If a knockdown occurs or if a, uh, if a fighter steps on a fighter's foot, and a fighter goes down and it wasn't a clear knockdown or which is very important if a cut was um, produced by a punch or a headbutt those are the types of uh, instances where instant replay comes in and is very uh, critical very crucial in the outcome because it could make a difference and who wins or loses the fight. Those are the instances in which, you know, we would bring it into play. And so if that occurs, we would take advantage of the rest period, just as they do when you're sitting at home watching the fight, and there's a questionable uh, event that occurs, just as we do sitting at home when they show it, in slow motion or they show it uh, through instant replay at home during that rest period and you get a clear view of what occurred, we do the same thing. And if we have to make that correction, we do it. It's as simple as that. And uh, I think that it hasn't really been noticed that much because of the fact that we haven't had to do it uh, in boxing and oftentimes uh, in some of your regular club what we call club shows you know the, prom the promoters can't afford uh, to uh, pay for the monitor 
for the commission to have it because it is it is at this point uh pushback on the promoter it's it's an expense for the promoter if they wish to use it but in the state of new jersey we do have it and we've had it now for at least eight or nine years so uh, the bottom line is um you got to have uh tv um a, a tv event because that will have the hardware so to speak in place for you yeah. uh and yeah. just like i had thought because the only thing that makes sense is there's only two things that you're reviewing. Number one, if it was a knockdown or not, whether like you suggest, if he stepped on his foot, if his glove did hit the canvas or if it didn't, uh, and what caused the headbutt. Because, you know, to me, those are really the only the only two questionable things that could change the outcome yeah. in a fight, just like you uh, uh, mentioned. Um, now, my, my, my question is, who makes the decision to check it? Is it something that... You know, the commission says, hey, check that. Is it something that the referee is asking for? Um, you know, is the corner asking for it? You know, because in other instant replay, the way instant replay works in other sports, you know, somebody else challenges the call that was made. Um, who's making the decision to review whether it was a, a, a headbutt or a punch or a knockdown or not? It's made, it, it's the regulatory authority. It's made between the referee, and the commission. I'm sitting there watching it, and if I feel it's something that the referee missed, I will let him know, or if it's something that he has a question about, he will come over and 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 um, raise the question. All instances are not reviewable because if you allow that, then like everything else, you know, guys will be um, requesting that you stop and review or, you know, they'll be bringing up all kinds of ridiculous things that they want you to try to um, look at uh, to be able to get a win. But no, it's it's strictly the referee and the commission. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's the only way it could, it could work. Um, and once again, unfortunately, because of the cost of things, uh, it prevents it being widespread. That That's the, that's the main reason. So, um, really, you know, it, it, you try to work with the promoter. See, people don't understand that commissions try to work with a promoter within reason. You know, we're not trying to put, uh, or I, I shouldn't say we, commissions aren't trying to put, uh, you know, promoters out of business or preventing them from putting on events. As a matter of fact, we want, uh, or commissions want, uh, a lot of promoters to, to, the more events that we have, the better it is for the sport. But, you know, it always seems it's like the same thing that, you know, you and I have talked about the medical thing. I came up with an idea I presented to that ABC. Everybody loved the idea, but nobody wants to do it because of the cost. And the same uh, issue, well, not the same issue, but based on the cost is what's happening right now with the Nevada State Athletic Commission and the situation with Canelo and Triple G. You know, they're they're letting that, the guy that's the, the cash guy, Canelo, seemingly... Uh, get away with with uh, you know uh, cheating, and they're not making a strong stand. It's under investigation. No comment. Blah 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 blah. Like a normal politician does. And meanwhile, the same guy that uh, is saying, "Oh, we we care. We look out for the safety of our fighters. We look out for the safety of our fight." What he should say is, "We look out for the safety of the fighters, unless it's a fighter that's bringing in a lot of revenue, because then we're going to look the other way." See that to me just gets my goat, Larry, because. 
you know, a fight like that, the Triple G Canelo fight, you get a guy like Triple G that says, forget it, I'm not fighting a cheetah, and walks away. That's what we need in this sport. Somebody to say, forget it, I want to make a stand to show that the sport is bigger than the participants, and in this case, than the commission. Because I, I don't think that, I think the Nevada State Athletic Commission has not been doing or handling things on the up and up uh, in the last couple of years. You know, New York got uh, blasted for the Mago Abdulzamov thing, and they're trying to make uh, corrections. They may be going over the top a little with 19 uh, doctors and performing a physical, uh, uh, you know, inspection after every single round, but at least they're trying to do something. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, <clears throat> I've, I've always been, been kind of reluctant to, to uh, speak on certain things, but um, I, I do think in fairness, in fairness to, and, and what you're saying, what, you, what you're saying, I, I, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with, with what you're saying in terms of um, we do need to uh, make a statement at certain times that the sport is bigger than everybody. The sport is the sport is first. The sport is bigger. But in fairness to uh, my colleague in Nevada, uh, Bob Bennett, um, here's a guy who who really a lot of people don't know. He really tries to do a good job. But uh, the Nevada Commission, you know, um, is structured quite differently than a lot of other co commissions in that you get a lot of big fights out in Nevada, which makes people want to be a part, want to be seen. And Mr. Bennett, really, I have to deal with a lot of other individuals uh, in the decision-making process out there. And a lot of times, you know, there are decisions that are made are not simply his decision, but decisions of those four or five uh, people that sit on that commission who may not be as well-versed in the sport as, as Bob Bennett. And, I, you know, I just wanted to say that, you know, in fairness to him. And it's not that, you know, him and I are, are that buddy-buddy like, you know. I don't really I've, – uh, I've never met him, actually, um, personally, but I have talked to him on the phone a few times and uh, several times. And, and the guy, it, it, he does uh, seem to be the type of individual who, who wants to do the right things, but he, you know, he's, he's a very, he is a very professional uh, guy. He wants to do the right things, but I do get the impression that a lot of the decisions that are made in Nevada, and I've known this for years, they don't have the level of independence that some other commissions have. And I think that a lot of that might be due to the fact that there's a lot of big fights out there and people want to be seen. People want to exercise their authority. He's not the chairman of the commission. He's just the executive director. And so the chairman and some of those other members out there, everything out there has to go to a vote, Billy. I don't even know if you know it. He when he assigns officials to events, those officials have to be voted on by that board out there, that commission board, unlike in many other states. 
So I just wanted to say that I'm, you know, I question, you know, some of, uh, you know, some of the things that happen sometimes where he may be, um, the finger may be pointed directly at him when it's really not all his doing, you know, just in fairness, you know, that's the way I see. Yeah. I, well, um, I, you know, he's the guy that, uh, is being paid to, uh, to be the face. And so if, since that's the case, if, if he's not making the decisions and everybody behind the scenes are, well, if I'm him, I'm in, I'm behind the door going, Hey guys, uh, I'm the guy that's getting blasted by people like Billy C and, uh, yeah. you know, at least do the right thing. I mean, come on, you know, if, if that's even worse. You know, you could take one guy who makes a bad decision. Okay, I made a bad decision. But if you got a, a whole, uh, you know, chair uh, of, of people, you got a whole committee making a decision and they're making the wrong one all the time, well, then I would, I would reboot and get a new committee because uh, um, this, this issue is, is terrible. It, it's just, you know, you can't let – listen, if we want to have a clean sport, you know, you got to make an example of someone. And when a big name is busted, that's usually when the point gets across. I used the analogy uh, before. If, if, if a, if a uh, state has a speed limit and they want to enforce it, it's easy. They put a couple of cops there, and if you're driving faster than the speed limit, you get a ticket. Guess what? You start slowing down after a couple of tickets, you know? And it's the same thing in boxing. Yeah. You know, you can't keep saying, oh, we want a clean sport, we want a clean sport. And then nobody really gets reprimanded for it, you know. And here's a case where, you know, Canelo was busted, you know. Uh, so so everyone doesn't want to cancel the fight. There's too much money. Even Triple G himself is being hypocritical, you know. If 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 you're gonna fight, and Sal made a point earlier. He said, well, you know, Triple G wants to prove that he'll fight a guy whether he's cheating or not. Great, but don't complain about it. And and the other thing that I'm worried about in this case, Larry. Is that we've we got a built-in excuse if he loses, you know? Uh, if Triple yeah. G loses, uh, yeah. you know what? I would have won, but he's a cheater. You know, come on. If it, it, listen, you either say he's a cheater and don't fight, or you don't say anything about it anymore. I mean, really, that's the two options, don't you think? Uh, no, no, no. You make a, you make a great argument. I mean, I have to agree with everything you're saying. You know, I'm just throwing in some of the other elements, and I really, really can't I can't argue with you. You're absolutely right. It has to stop somewhere, and um, you make a great point, you know, where you say, you know, we're, we're creating excuses for the other guy if he loses, and that's a, that's a terrific point because you know as well as I know. You're going to get that song and dance at the end. Well, I don't want to make up any excuse. Now here comes the excuse. Yep. You know. Yep. So it, it's going to happen. So I, I really can't argue with you. You make, you make a good point there. Hey Larry, I got one one more thing, and and I got about a minute before I got to take a break. But um, we we all want the Wilder Anthony Joshua fight. There's no question about it. And 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 Wilder had a great performance in his last fight out. AJ's fighting uh, Joseph Parker next week, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, it was announced earlier this week that Eddie Hearn is considering bringing a big fight to the, to New York, which we already talked about. But his plan is to have AJ, should he beat Parker, fight Baby Miller, who I think uh, you know doesn't deserve even to be a headliner, let alone fight for a title, uh, and Wilder potentially fighting uh, Dillian White, should Dillian White win this weekend. And my point is, is why? 
These two guys, the yeah. only next fight that either one should have is against each other. We don't need to marinate this fight. Deontay has proven that he deserves the fight against AJ. Now, whether you think he's going to win or not, that's neither here nor there. Why make us wait? It, 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 it doesn't make sense. The money that could be made in that fight would supersede both purses that they could make in a preliminary fight. What's your quick thoughts? Absolutely. None at all. It makes no sense. Why? What are you waiting for? You know, the only fight that I want to see or anybody probably wants to see is Wilder versus Joshua. And um, these other two guys that they're fighting, okay, only further perpetrates the fraud of illegitimate matchups because the fans know going in, okay, what's going to happen. And, of course, you know, in a fight, anything could happen, but God forbid we don't have another Tokyo, Japan with um, Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson in either one of those fights. What would that do um, to the, the the matchup between Joshua and Wilder then? Exactly. So why are you putting it off? Okay, why not just put them both in there and let's do this thing and get it over with? Exactly, and that's more evident in the heavyweight division than any other. You know, uh, that same bum that we're laughing at lands a lucky punch and uh, everybody loses millions and millions of dollars over it. There's no sense. You get into a car, God forbid, you get into a car accident, a bus hits you when you're crossing the street. I mean, all these things can happen. There's no sense. The greed factor is so obvious that they're they're the old saying they're tripping over dollars to, to make a few pennies, you know, and it's uh it's stupid. But uh anyway. Uh enjoy the fight this weekend. We got that heavyweight fight and uh we'll be looking to talk to you about it next week, brother. Okay, you too, Billy. And be careful with all that snow, will you? And I'm glad most of it's down oh. by you, man. We're we're gonna get missed up here. It's it's gonna go out into the ocean. So thank God we're getting saved well, once, you know. Well, I'm at home. The state is closed. You know, um, that's why I had you call me the other way. The state is closed. They they don't mess around. They close right up every time we, we hear that a storm is developing. You know, so I guess they don't want to take any chances, which is a good thing. So this is where I'll be, right here in the house under the television. There you go. With my computer. There you go, in, in, in your feety pajamas, I know. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you have a good day. Stay warm. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, Billy, you too. Take care. That's uh, my man Larry Hazard, Boxing Hall of Famer, giving us his thoughts. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, this week's blast from the past, Don King. Yeah, we did Bob Arum last week, Don King this week. We'll be back uh, in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. By morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com.
And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And it's that time again. It's time for our Blast from the Past. And this week's Blast from the Past is being brought to us by KOFantasyBoxing.com. Check out the website, www.kofantasyboxing.com, and join today. And it's also being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship computer game. Download your copy right now while you're watching and listening to the show. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Title Bout banner. Can't miss it. It's on the right. Well, this week's Blast from the Past is actually... A follow-up uh, of last week's, kind of, because last week we did uh, Bob Arum and Top Rank. Well, this week, as per request, uh, we are doing a blast from the past on the one, the only, Don King. And joining us right now to tell us all about the man, the myth, the legend himself is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Alex Perpali. Good morning, Alex. You're muted. We hear, we hear no sound from you. Uh, we're, uh, uh, we will uh, uh, get, for some reason, I'm not getting uh, any sound from my man, Alex. Uh, no sound, brother. So it is uh, obviously, uh, we got the picture, but uh, no sound. So I, I will uh, uh, wait till uh, uh, a Alex can get some uh, sound. But uh, Don King, uh, we... Uh, uh, we talked to, uh, let's see, are you are you there now? Oh, now we can hear you. There wow, he is. Weird. Yeah. Well, hey, Don, hey, Alex, what's up, man? You know what? You know what did it? I plugged it in and plugged it out again and then put it back in. There you go. That's a, you're, you're, you should start an IT business because that's all I used to do for 30 years. Pretty hey, good. Did you turn it on? Oh, what? You mean this button? <laughs> you're amazing. Yeah, wait till you get my bill. Pull the plug. Yeah. Plug it back in. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> well, you, you, you laugh and I used to have to do that all the time. Is it on? Well, the monitor's the monitor's black. All the lights are on. Are the lights on in the monitor? Oh, you mean wait? Oh, here it is. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm still charging a service call. But anyway, Don King, what a follow up uh, after uh, with us doing Bob Arum. And, and to be honest with you, Alex, I absolutely loved. I I, I liked the fight between Ramirez and Amir Aman. That was a great uh, fight. But I absolutely loved. The interview with uh, Don King and Bob Arum, although I'm not crazy about that, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Harold Letterman uh, uh, wannabe, but uh, uh, no, not not uh, Letterman, uh, Larry oh, Merchant, yeah. uh, Larry Merchant. Mark yeah, Mark Kriegel, he's a Larry Merchant wannabe, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't mind him, but yeah, I mean, his he's maybe better in a written style, his uh, on-air presence, he's not as smooth yet, uh, but he's getting there. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm I'm old school. I, I like boxing. I like the D's and the do's and the don'ts. You know, I, you know, when you try to make it, well, see, I'm talking to the wrong guy. I'm talking to the wrong guy about that. So, well, because uh, we did get a good story, though. And I, I think he teased that out of them in a what great way. And, and to me, it was like this, uh, the thing that's cool about them is that uh, they're still rivals. And even the way they were telling the story, you could tell they didn't like the way each other were telling the story. No, so. no but the best part of the interview, and it was 100% truth, and there was no way uh, that they could have denied it, and I was so glad to see them both admit it, was that they said that they would have never been as successful without each other. And and that's and that was my topic that uh, that one of the shows this week that they made great dance partners and it's such 
the case in the sport of boxing. When you have the right dance partners in the ring, and in their case, they showed it outside the ring as well, you become a star. If you don't, everybody always criticizes you when it's really not justified. Yeah, and I think that idea that um, uh, a rival and a sense of competition, that that um, makes everyone better. Uh, it makes you better to have to to know that there's another guy nipping at your heels, sometimes doing better than you, sometimes right behind you, uh, but he is always trying to do the same thing you're doing. Um, and it makes them both better. Uh, and I think for our sport, it's about that. And when you think about it, it's about combat. And I think for me, at least, uh, that's why listening, I mean, I was only half listening to some of what you and Larry were talking about. But, you know, I, I heard the beginning of the show with you and Sal. Um, for me, the thing, uh, that idea of corruption and uh, how it's very close to our sport. And our sport, of course, more than others, uh, I think it shouldn't be surprising because even though it's, uh, you know, of the highest form of competition like sport, it's also uh, violent. It's legalized assault. Um, and I think because of that, uh, our sport maybe mirrors life uh, in a way that the others do not. And I think the truth is that our our, our world, our systems of government are corrupt. So why shouldn't the fight game be corrupt? Uh, to me, they're mirrors of each other. So I don't know that I like that because you know, like me, uh, I like things in in their in their whole totality, not necessarily just one good part. I am the guy who is the Tyson fan who's got the framed photo that Emily Harney took of him flat on his back and i'll never forgive you for that when i when i was a, <laughs> I know. I, that, that that was like the I'm, I'm scarred for life over that image in your on your wall you know i mean uh but anyway don king tell us about the man yes so don king of course just like we did bob arum last week uh this week is don king and the thing that's kind of interesting they are um the same age, 86, which is stunning to to be in that great shape at 86 must be pretty great. Um, they still travel the world, and as you can see, they're both um, still at their business. Of course, uh, Bob Arum's business more successful than uh, King at this time. King is largely, according to BoxRec, they list him as inactive as a promoter, but as we saw, he did was working with Imam this weekend. Uh, but he was born August 20th, 1931. He's, I guess, five months older than Aram. Uh, he was born in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, he uh, was high school educated, went to John Adams High School in Cleveland. And uh, he's, I guess he started at Kent State, but did not, Kent State University, but did not finish. Um, he, uh, it, one of the, there's a frontline documentary about him that, uh, is pretty hard hitting. Um, it was done in the 90s, or I think 91. It was right around the time when the first Mike Tyson versus Vander Holyfield fight was scheduled and then had to be postponed because he, I forget if he got cut or something or hurt a rib, I guess, in training. And then the rape trial started uh, in the interim before they could get it. Um, you know, rescheduled, and of course he went to prison. Uh, but it's a pretty hard-hitting documentary. A lot of it is based on the Jack Newfield investigation into him. So he was furious about it because it is not; it does not paint him in uh, too um, positive a light. 
Uh, and he did start with a very criminal past. Uh, he was intensely involved with the numbers racket in Cleveland. And numbers, of course, for anybody who doesn't realize, is like uh, it's almost like a local or regional l lottery where people could participate in and bet on and um, and uh, try to win money. And he ran a ring like that, so he was with, involved with organized crime. If you're fans of uh, the Supreme Court, I just found this out. Uh, the the decision map versus Ohio, which I believe is a Fourth Amendment search and seizure case. Don King was somewhat connected to that. Uh, the house that was investigated, they were looking for evidence for a state uh, trial, uh, a numbers trial. And I guess they found some stuff that was linked to King uh, and some other guys who ran numbers. And um, it led to that decision, the Map versus Ohio case, which... Um, I thought that was a little interesting for any uh, law students out there. Uh, but, um, yeah, one of the things that I, I did think was they do mention in that uh, documentary, Billy C., that's pretty cool, is that, of course, his signature hair, uh, that was the idea of a, a friend of his who was a soul singer named Lloyd Price, who thought, you know, it would be a good idea to be as big as the fighters you're promoting um that you know people automatically got like a, a twofer show that the show was the fight that he was promoting but also him his presence so he used to always dress dress in tuxedos and uh the one time he saw king like sort of combing his hair and he said hey wait a minute do that and he combed it all straight up and he called it electric lights and he, he went with it you know, it also kind of looked, many people thought it looked like a crown, Don King, you know, like he's wearing a crown. But uh, the numbers uh, uh, racket that he ran um, is well documented. And, and normally, and, and unlike other people who had been involved or allegedly involved with, you know, <clears throat> underhanded things like that, you, you never hear it really documented as crystal clear as Don King was. I mean, it's very uh, um, documented that he, that he had a, a, a whole operation that he ran. Uh, they even knew where it was and, and how it was run and et cetera, et cetera. The famous thing, which uh, the whole story is kind of fascinating, was that he was charged uh, with uh, killing uh, two people in his life. Yeah. Uh, and, and they were 13 years apart. One uh, was when uh, a guy was attempting to rob him and he was shot in the back, uh, you know, and and that was that was dismissed. He he got over on on that one. The other one, he he stomped the guy to death over six hundred dollars. He did do time for that, but he was pardoned in nineteen eighty three. So uh, technically, right now, he doesn't have any of that on his record, which is kind of amazing. Uh, um, but uh, but nonetheless, he he uh, he turned it around and, and is more famously known now uh, as a boxing promoter. Yeah, um, that was for the, the the shooting was ruled a justifiable homicide in the um, back. And you in the back. I know. Well, <laughs> even in the Western times, you could even in the Western times, you couldn't do that. <laughs> robbing a gambling house. I know. So it was. You know, so but hey, see, hey, that, you know what that, that means? Was, hey, you know what that means? That means that if you. Um, if if you're shooting, if you're a drug dealer, and and you kill a guy trying to steal your stuff, 
you still should go to the cops because you might get off on it, right? That's right. It was your stuff. Right. <laughs> Forget about that. It was illegal. But yeah, so that that the one the the guy he stomped to death was named Sam Garrett, and he weighed a hundred pounds less than Don, and uh, they had been connected. He owed Don. He he had worked for Don, and uh, he owed Don six hundred dollars. Um, and Don just kept kicking him in the head. Uh, the the detective who came upon the scene, who um, his name is Tunney, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Bob Tunney, not Gene. Um, and he uh, he came upon the scene. I guess King had a uh, revolver in his hand, but he was kicking him, uh, kicking Sam Garrett in the head. And um, as he came, he, you know, he drew on him and he said, put the gun down. And King put the gun down. So as the cop went over to get the gun, Don took another kick at him. And uh, then uh, he died, I guess, within, you know, with hours or something. Um, and you're right that he was going to trial on murder uh, or, uh, you know, homicide. Well, he was convicted of second degree murder. On well, that. wait, but this is the part that to me shows right from the beginning that he definitely had organized crime connections because they reduced the charges to manslaughter in this like clandestine meeting that the prosecutor wasn't even in that like uh, King's lawyers and the judge had. So it makes you think, wow, was he so connected to organized crime? Because at some point there was another point in this F Newfield thing that he was paying at one point when he was making 15 grand a day in this numbers racket and he was paying the Cleveland mob uh, to protect his his gambling ring. So how far was that connection if it involved a judge, perhaps? Because you can't prove it, but in that meeting, the judge knocked the charge down to manslaughter. Why? And supposedly uh, the cop was even approached to say, hey, he was approached by King's lawyer. Hey, you know, Don King's a powerful guy. You know, do you want to, um, he could do a lot for you. Uh, and the Tunney said, no, nah. Um, but I, I guess you wonder, all the witnesses didn't show up. So the, the, it went down to a manslaughter. So I thought that was interesting because I had always heard um, it was manslaughter, but from what it sounds like, it, it could have been murder. Well, you know, that fine line, and not to get into that, but that fine line between manslaughter and murder Murder is premeditated. You know, you make a plan, you go out. You know, he could have, the way I could see this happening for Don is that, you know, he didn't mean to kill him. You know, he was trying to get his right. point. He was trying to get his point across, you know, the point of his shoe. The and point uh, shoe. <laughs> the point of his shoe, you know, he's trying to get it across the skull of Mr. Garrett. No, we shouldn't make fun of it. Let's, let's move on. He got into the uh, uh, boxing uh, uh, business. Uh, really, uh, nothing less than a huge splash when he put together uh, one of the biggest fights in, in history uh, in 1974 between uh, uh, Ali and uh, Foreman. Tell us about that. Yeah, massive. Um, and he really, I mean, this is the part where you do uh, think of him as an impressive American character is that despite this uh, highly uh, checkered past. He uh, is a man of uh, independent spirit and uh, bold action. And he really um, puts this deal together 
Uh, and a lot of it, he, I mean, talk about, we talked about this a little bit last week with the race card uh, and the racial element behind, you know, some of Evil Knievel's comments and, and uh, you know, the anti-Semitism that Aram got. But um, the, uh, this, so King was in a sport that were mostly predominantly black athletes and for the most part, white promoters. So he had this saw this avenue especially in the 70s where there was the sort of black is beautiful uh mo movement you know and uh that spirit uh and especially in the character of ali uh he appealed to form an ali uh to their blackness and it kind of and it worked for him and he convinced them both that he could get them five million dollars uh he got uh zaire um the president Mobutu, Mobutu of Zaire to uh, you know buy into this fight, and um, and after that fight he started a 17-year monopoly on the heavyweight ch championship, uh, all from the Rumble in the Jungle. And of course, even when it changed hands, Don won. He might come in there with Foreman's limo, like as he did in Jamaica, which was probably the biggest uh, upset. Rather, he came in with Frazier's limo. Uh, and then Foreman crushed Frazier in one of the uh, most brutal knockouts you'll ever will see. Um, and uh, you could see it on the video during the interview, Don grabbing Foreman's uh, shoulders and kind of squeezing and saying, my man, my man. And it's like, you came with the other guy. <laughs> but that was the way Don was. He won uh, no matter what. He was smart. Because what Don King did, and I don't know if he was the first guy to do this or not, quite honestly, uh, but he, part of his deal was that he would always get a, and when he made the deals, he would always somehow get a piece of the opponent. So he was covered, whether his guy won or lost. And if his guy lost the fight, he won. Because like you're saying, here he is, now he's with the other guy. You know, and, and he made he made a lot of people a lot of money. And one of the things I, I, you know, I know Don personally, and, you know, he's, uh, and, and I really know his son Carl very well. And, you know, Don is bigger than life, you know, um, but, but the truth of the matter is, is he made a lot of people a lot of money, you know, and the way he did it all came out on, on Saturday. He said, listen, there was no secret. I walked around with the cash and, and, you know, Bob Arum was trying to use, the race card. Well, you you know you were hanging with the with you know you made you made black fighters feel more comfortable, and he said no, it was the money. And he says it doesn't matter what color you are, you know that the cash represents. You know you're dealing with multi million dollar, and you hand somebody a suitcase full of fifty thousand cash, and they agree to it. Well, that's the that aurora of of the cash, and he's right. I mean, he knew that, and he learned that from the numbers game how important the cash was, and to this day. It, it, it's a true statement, Alex. Absolutely, and it works. And, you know, there is a sort of socioeconomic uh, racial tinge to that, too, because uh, you could argue that, of course, uh, who does that work best with? Poor kids, um, poor boxers who've never seen cash like that. You show them a suitcase full of money, uh, sure, I'll sign with you. Um, whereas, you know, somebody else might um, write them a check well, it's just a promise, you know. 
this is a suitcase full of hundreds. Uh, and yeah, you know, the thing, the sad thing is that that in, at times that worked for him as well. The, one of the ones that's very, that was very famous was he shortchanged Ali in uh, the very sad fight when Holmes uh, beat Muhammad. And supposedly he owed Muhammad Ali a million dollars. Well, Ali was going to sue him. And King talked to uh, Ali's friend, Jeremiah Shabazz, who was one of Ali's first Muslim teachers. And he said, look, take this suitcase full of money and bring it to Ali. And I think it was only 50 grand. Yep. Um, and he said, you know, if you get him to sign this, uh, don't give him the money unless you get him to sign that he won't sue me. And Shabazz did it. And I mean, that worked. And so that sort of money, you know, he did those kind of things with uh, Chavez, Julio Cesar Chavez. Uh, but of course, the one that it did, it backfired on him. Uh, but hey, it was a nice try was when Hasim Rahman upset Lennox Lewis in South Africa when um, <laughs> this is awful too. speaking of the race card, uh, the way King told him he was at a restaurant in New York, New York. And I guess right. It was right around the time of the Trinidad Joppy fight, which was the Don King middleweight tourney. And uh, he said he opened a fortune cookie and it said, get get Rockman him ready and the um he so he went to Rockman's uh hotel room and I guess Rockman was in town too because it was right around the BWAA meeting for that year and uh, um Rockman of course was the new upset heavyweight champion of the world after what he did in South Africa and he showed Rockman a suitcase full of fi uh 500 grand in hundreds and said, hey, sign with me, and uh, I'll get you a fight with Mike Tyson eventually. You know, I guess John Ruiz was going to fight uh, Holyfield. Um, so King had his hand in there. Little did he know, Lennox Lewis was going to be like, look, no, you're fighting me in a rematch. Um, but he won. I mean, he uh, he took the Rockman did sign with him, and Rockman was going to go to the, H the BWAA meeting uh, where... Uh, he was, you know, there was a dinner and then award ceremony, and he never showed up because he was meeting with King. And supposedly Roberto Duran uh, was sitting next to him. He ate he ate Rockman's snake. Um, and at that meeting, Seth Abraham of HBO had, or Abr Abramson, I could have pronounced his, put his name wrong, uh, had a check for five million or four million, something like that, for um, Rockman, but it would have been a check. Uh, of course, he signed with King, and um, and you know the deal ended up falling apart. Of course, because uh, Lennox Lewis sued King, and Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson were some of the few people who sued King and won. Yeah, and but Lennox, of course, sued and got uh, Rockman to have to fight him, and then Lennox had probably the best performance of his whole career in crushing Rockman. Yeah, but, you know, the funny thing is, is did they really win? I mean, uh, Lennox Lewis sued Don King for $385 million. He didn't get all of that. Uh, uh, Mike Tyson sued him for $100 million. He ended up getting $14 million. I mean, Don King was was an expert at settling things uh, out of court. We're, we're running out of time here. The bottom line, Don King... Uh, been involved uh, in the sport for for a long time and with all the biggest names Alex and that's to me the most uh, 
uh, impressive thing. The, the, the thing that's happened to Don King, I'll give you guys a, an inside scoop of what's going on with him right now. Uh, not only is he 86 and not only um, is Alex 100% correct that he's not really an active promoter anymore. A lot of the reasons behind that is, you know, um, Don King was a control guy. He, he had to have his hand on every bit of the boxing business. And as he aged... And uh, people started walking away from him. And, and you know, that ESPN documentary uh, really uh, ruined it for him. A lot of fighters wanted to keep their distance from him. And Don King ended up uh, suing uh, ESPN and did not win that one. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, basically all his cash cows started to leave. And a lot of the value that people think that Don has is not so much anymore uh it was evident recently when he made a couple of purse bids uh, and i say recently over the last five years where other organizations other promotional companies were bidding like uh for argument's sake two million dollars and don king won with a 15 million dollar bid or something like that because he was out of touch the 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 values and stuff were were changed and uh don king uh uh you know the the best way i could describe it alex is Don King is going through uh, what fighters go through uh, at this aging thing. And, uh, you know, I like Don personally, and I hope that, you know, he can go out uh, kind of uh, on top, not, um, you know, uh, kind of the way it's heading. But uh, uh, any final thoughts on Don before we uh, got to wrap it up here, brother? That, that That is sad, but there is a sort of poetry to that, that um, he's, if he is ending up the way so many fighters do. Um, yeah, uh, I wonder, what, I tell you, when I saw him on Saturday night, I wondered uh, how he's doing financially because um, that jean jacket he's wearing, man, that thing has been around uh, almost 20 years. He was wearing that I at know. the Trinidad Jobby fight. I know. And, you know, I, and, and all due respect. And that was 2001. Uh, his wife, uh, Henrietta, she was the glue that kept Don King together. And uh, when she passed, uh, a piece of Don King left uh, uh, this planet as well. Uh, Alex, great job as usual uh, on that. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, we can uh, chat with you a little more. Uh, there's some hot topics going on. I, I would love to get your thoughts on the Triple G thing and the and the uh, AJ, uh, Deontay Wilder, must fight now thing. All the two big topics we talked about this week. So if you got some time, uh, come on back uh, either tomorrow or Friday, my man. Sounds good, Billy C. Take care. All right, that's Alex Papali doing a great job. Did not mean to cut my man off, but it's time for me to take a break. I don't want to get in trouble. You know me. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, back, he's back, my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Looking a lot more awake now than he was <laughs> earlier. But uh, yeah. I, I got something that's really on my mind. And, and, you know, anytime I start thinking about 
uh, boxing ratings and stuff. You know, the WBA always pops into my mind because the WBA is is a bunch of clowns. Yesterday, uh, we, we we and really last week, but yesterday I referred to it again. Uh, the heavyweight division, and we were talking about Deontay Wilder uh, and Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, making the statement, and most of us all agree that that has to be the next fight. Well, today, uh, I, last night, it was announced uh, that the WBA cruiserweight title is actually going to be fought for this weekend in France, in France. Oh, wow. And the WBA cruiserweight title will be uh is vacant and it's going to be uh fought between Arsen uh Glumerian, who's 22 and 0 with 14 knockouts against uh Ryade uh Murphy who's 24 and 0 with 20 knockouts. Uh the fight is for the WBA cruiserweight. Now, I, I don't know how this can possibly be. I look first of all being involved in this sport the way I am, I was a little surprised that I had never heard of either of these two fighters, okay? So I, I did what most people do. I went and looked at the rankings. And lo and behold, uh, these two fighters do not appear on anybody's rankings, okay? No one's ranking, Sal, except for the WBA, and and lo and behold, um, lo and behold, not only do they appear on the WBA rankings, but they're ranked number one and number two. Okay, wow, now, well, that's now, great. Um, they should fight I, each other. I, I am so confused because the last I knew, we were having a unification. We had the World Boxing Super Series, and the last I knew, because of the way the Super Series unfolded. We actually only have two uh, cruiserweight fighters right now that happen to possess all of the belts. We have Oleksandr Yusik and Murat Gassiov. Now, Gassiov used to be the WBA champion, the super champion, and right. Denis Ledebev was their regular champion. What belt became vacant for these two guys to fight? I, I have totally lost this whole scenario. The WBA, along with the WBC, and the WBO, and the IBF all agreed to, to participate in the World Series of Boxing. And they also uh, agreed that they would have a unified champion and then address the mandatories after that. And lo and behold, Sal, the WBA comes up with two mysterious fighters that appear at, in their rankings this morning at number one and number two, and they are all of a sudden fighting for a vacant title on on Saturday. What's going on, my man? Well, we can always – somebody should ask Bob Arum. What, why? What does Bob Arum have to do with it? Well, in the 80s, uh, it was like the inside joke uh, – uh, or the inside knowledge that the WBA didn't stand for World Boxing Association, but it stood for the acronym of "With Bob's Approval." <laughs> maybe, well, <laughs> may, may, you, you might have a point there. You you might have a point there. You know, uh, the regular champion was Dennis Ledebev. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. Did he vacate it? Did he, uh, you know, did he retire? Uh, did that happen? Did it, did it did it slide under the radar? I mean, I don't recall that happening. I I, I really don't. 
Um, I, last I knew, he was trying to solidify a fight with the winner of the W uh, World Boxing Super Series tournament. So, I, I mean, I'm lost, man. And to see these two guys appear wow. at number one and number two. Now, usually, until a fighter is a champion or until a fighter fights uh, for a unification or a, a, an elimination fight, they're ranked in multiple sanctioning bodies. At least you hope they are. These two guys are only ranked in the WBA and only ranked at number one and number two. This backs up what we were saying yesterday about the corruption in the ranking system. So, I, I, you know, I can't go by what the sanctioning bodies have in their rankings. That's why I refer to the computer rankings. What's your thoughts on this, my man? I wish I had somebody that would like to invest in me and put me back up in the top ten or something so I could get a title shot. I don't know. It's interesting, Bill. It's, uh, it is what it is, and we know that. The boxing game has never been squeaky clean. And, uh, you know, there are, there are concessions, there are deals, and there are things that happen for whatever appears to be no apparent reason. But, uh, uh, you know, it is what it is. You can't, you can't change it. It's got to have a little bit of uh, oil in the water. If you so to speak, uh, but uh, it, you know, you, <laughs> I don't know, Bill. It's it is what it is. I can't believe it though that these these guys just pop up uh, one and two, and now they're gonna decide who's one. Well, I'm being told uh, in the chat room that they stripped Dennis Ledebev, which I uh, that, that flew under my radar. And you know, what's the reason? I mean, he he had made a successful defense. Uh, within the allotted time, it was against the slug, but so what? And he uh, clearly expressed an, a desire to fight the winner of the World Boxing Super Series. So uh, once again, I, the, you know, people wonder why I think that the WBA is the worst of all. Well, here's just another uh, example of it, Sal. Well, not only not only that, but you know, it's just hard to keep on top of when you have five world champions per weight class. Uh, or more uh, or less with all the belts bouncing around, it's it's hard to recognize who is the true champion and who has to do the mandatories and who's got to do this. Uh, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a trade-off with every belt that these guys have. They've got to face the music. They've got this mandatory here. They've got that over there. It's, it's, it's chaos. It really is. So you want to know why. It's hard to keep attention on uh, champions on fighters on what's going on because it could change daily it's and a, sometimes it does it's a joke uh, one other thing I wanted to mention real quick uh, the IBF uh, in the uh, 154 pound division has set a uh, elimination fight between uh, Julian J. Rock Williams and Nathaniel uh, Gallimore uh, two decent fighters but they are fighting uh, on uh, April 7th on Showtime in an elimination bout. Now, the main event is actually a pretty uh, tempting fight, in my opinion. Ursulandi Lara, who's, uh, again, the WBA champion. I, you know, I mean, give him credit, but and he's a quality fighter. Uh, as a matter of fact, he holds the distinction of being the longest reigning uh, champion at, at, in that division. Uh, he's going to be taking on... Uh, another uh, champion, this one in the IBF, Jarrett Hurd, uh, for a unification fight. Now, this is going to be a really good fight. Jarrett Hurd is a monster. I don't know how he makes the 154-pound uh, weight class, but he's going to be taking on a talented fighter in a 
Randy Lara. A lot of people feel uh, Lara's uh, losses are uh, really robberies that uh, he should have won. So uh, a good one. And also on that card, Khalib Truax uh, taking on James DeGale in his first uh, uh, title defense. So we'll be uh, looking forward to that uh, in April on Showtime. So uh, once again, uh, Showtime uh, separating themselves uh, from uh, uh, HBO. But uh, we'll see what happens with the uh, Anthony Joshua sweepstakes, don't you think? Oh, I think so. You know, it's it's interesting. I'll tell you, I just like you were saying earlier, the sweepstakes. The only fight I want to see after uh, next week is uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. Uh, okay, so so it, that they're filling me in, in in the chat room. They're saying that the WBA is claiming that. Uh, that Dennis Ledebev is a champion of recess. So this is my exact reason. We have a super cha- right now in the WBA. Wait, 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 we have wait, a super me, champion. Listen, the WBA, the WBA has the audacity to claim that we have a super champion uh, in the WBA at the cruiserweight division uh, who's going to be fighting in the World Boxing Super Series. We will have a new regular old champion after Saturday when these two guys that come out of left field fight for the title. And Dennis Ledebev, who used to have the title, who uh, was so-called stripped or whatever, is not really stripped. He's a champion in recess, so he gets to fight the winner uh, of this regular title at some point whenever he gets back from recess. I don't know if he's injured, if he's on vacation. I don't know what the deal is, but this is a joke. The bottom line with these sanctioning bodies, Sal, is if you want one of your fighters to fight and you send them a check, you're in. That's all it takes. You don't have to earn it anymore. That's why you see these fighters that don't fight quality fighters all of a sudden are ranked, and like Jarrell Baby Miller. This, is a, this, is a, this guy's a bum. He hasn't fought anybody. And, and I don't say that, you know, he could very well become a, a champion someday and, and really fight somebody. But right now, based on his record, and like the, the great Bill Parcells once said, you're only as good as your record says you are, and this guy is undefeated. But when you look at his record, he hasn't fought anybody. And, and, and he's not fighting anybody again when he steps in the ring uh, next time. So it's a joke, man. It's sickening. But uh, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Right? I mean, uh, what are you going to do? I don't know, pal. It's, uh, it is it is crazy. It's really hard to have uh, the, the fan follow all that happens and, and, and the bouncing ball, as we often uh, relate to. It's, uh, it's, it is what it is. Like I said, it's, it's hard. It used to be one world champion. Now there's a f- five, six per weight class. Yeah, you know, they can't, a sanctioning body can't strip somebody and then relabel them. But this is my point. We've talked about it jokingly, but it's true. In each division, in each sanctioning body, conceivably, you could have five world champions walking around. And and just in the WBA, you could have a champion, a a super champion, a regular champion, uh, a interim champion, a champion in recess, a champion in Murtai. Yeah, you could uh, just in a WBA, right? So multiply that I times can, four. So you got five potential world champions just in one organized body, and you got four other world champions. Right. Bodies. So multiply five times four; it equals twenty. So twenty at, world at, champions at any given time, we could have twenty guys walking around in a div- in one specific division, all claiming to be the world champion. It's it's uh, it's it's a joke. It's it's a shame. And the worst part about it is that if they fight on a card, they'll be introduced as the world champion, as the world champion. You know, uh, come on, yeah, come on. Yeah, anyway, yeah. on this day in boxing history, Boy. March 21st, 
1997. Montel Griffin wins the WBC World Light Heavyweight title via a ninth-round disqualification over Roy Jones Jr. in Atlantic City, New Jersey. On this day in 1998, Graziano Rachigiani, uh, and I'm shocked that I can't pronounce this guy's name, uh, wins a uh, 12-round decision over Michael Nunn to win the vacant WBC World Light Heavyweight title. It took place in Germany. On this day in 1914, Matt Wells wins a 20-round decision over Tom McCormick uh, to win the World Welterweight title. It took place in Australia. On this day in 1963, Roberto Cruz knocks out Battle and Torres in the first round uh, to win the vacant uh, World Junior Welterweight title to place in California. And on the same card, Sugar Ramos knocks out Davey Moore in the 11th round to win the World Featherweight title. And that took place in Los Angeles, California on this day in 1963. Hey, Sal, you got any final thoughts today, my man? No, no. It wasn't Davey Moore. Didn't he die in a freak accident with a car rolling over him or something? Um, yes, uh, he did. Yes, and he lost the title to Roberto Duran, I think, the junior middleweight title, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, there was well, two. Memory there was two Davey. There was two Dave yeah. Moores. Yeah. Okay. All right. More or less. Yeah. But uh, but yes, he did. That Davey Moore did fight um, Roberto Duran. But, uh, right. you know, you're one of your... He had a freak accident with a car. I was so sorry to hear that. That was going back many years. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of weird stuff. There's this uh, book out of uh, some weird uh, deaths uh, to, to fighters, like uh, like a guy walking in his sleep and falling into a, a pool with no water in it, you know, uh, and they claim, jeez, oh, he wasn't... He never walked in his sleep before. You know, he owed, he owed the wrong people money. But anyway, hey, boys and girls, don't forget. Make <laughs> sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs> Da na 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 na